Hey everybody, you're listening to Come At Me Show. I'm reigning champ Tim Keck, back at it again, doing that thing, keeping it going. I bet you all thought I was done, I bet you all thought I was going to walk away. Two, two historic podcasts, two of the best pieces of audio art that I've ever heard, had in my entire life. Wow, he's going to go out on top. No, 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 we've just begun. Episode 3, coming at you. Now, this week's topic is birds. Other stuff before birds, though. Before birds. I, I hear you. I know. I gotcha. It's coming. I, I need intro music. I'm working on it. It's happening. It's in the works. It's being produced right now. But I'm a doer. I'm a goer. I'm a getter. And I wasn't going to wait around for music, you know? I, I got the podcasting bug. It bit me. I got infected. <laughs> the infection spread. It got into my brain, into my lungs. I was having trouble breathing. <laughs> so I so I did what I had to do. I got on this po- I got on this mic, started podcasting, and I'm waiting for the rest of it to catch up. So music is coming. I got I uh, I I what, what's new? What happened this week? I went, I voted. That was fun. I went for the uh, the primary in New York City, Brooklyn. That's where I'm. I'm living in Brooklyn. Best thing about voting, uh, new pen. You hear that? I got a new pen. It's great. You know, they have those I voted stickers. Like, okay, cool. I get it. It's for the gram. It's it's great. It's great marketing. I voted. You get a sticker. What do you even do? I don't put the sticker on my shirt because I know I have a bad history with stickers, right? If I put a sticker on a piece of clothing, that, that piece of clothing is going in the wash with a sticker on it. And then you know what is going to be on that piece of clothing forever? Pieces of that sticker. You wash a sticker, it's 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 grueling. It's a mess. It's a, it's a, it's a nightmare I wouldn't wish on my my deepest darkest foe. Trying to get a sticker off a shirt. I mean I I've been wearing like kind of trashy shirts anyway lately just you know being in quarantine, looking like a homeless man in my own home. Nothing but gym shorts and and ratty t-shirts, so yeah, I don't know. I didn't want to ruin a ratty or make a make a bad t-shirt worse by washing a sticker on it. But I got a free pen, a free pen, and it's incredible. This is the best pen I've ever had. <laughs> it sounds like I'm joking, but this is an advanced piece of technology. This is first off the pen. We'll 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 talk about we'll go through it step by step. The I mean it's a it's a standard pen, you know. When you get a free pen, it's that kind of pen. You know, you click it, that's nice. When you write with it, it writes. But it's nothing, it's nothing to write home about. But if you had to write home, you could, you know? I got my two other pens that I use for work right in front of me. I'm a big fan of the Pilot G2. I'm looking for a, uh, a sponsorship if they'd rather be, <laughs> be interested in sponsoring the show. Give me a G2, a 10 and a 5. I, I like a jelly, a gel pen. Remember gel pens from like elementary school where you, it was like a, it was like a whole thing when I was a kid where you had all the different colors and the, and the ink was like kind of shiny and colorful. And it was like, it was just a fun thing. I couldn't even draw. I was a bad drawer, but I, but you had to have the fun pens. I like a pen that smears. I want to write with it. And I want my, the, I want the, the back of the bottom of my hand, the bottom, what do you call it? The. The part that makes contact if you karate chop something. I want that part to be covered in ink and smearing the writing I have. That's that's what I want from a good pen. I want, it's probably not efficient, but that's 
that's the best pen to that's the most fun pen to write with and when i'm writing i'm here for a good time i'm trying to make the most of it okay i don't write that much i type a lot whatever i don't know <laughs> i'm getting distracted this incredible pen i have god for voting the tip of it the tip of it has this this beautiful it's like a it's like a stylus for like a a a, a what do you call it a a touch screen where you can just like poke things and drag things and it's a stylus and then you click the pen and the point comes through the stylus part so it's a pen but then when you don't need the pen you unclick it and now it's a stylus and you can you can use it on your iPad you can touch the I mean this isn't I didn't know this technology existed and they're just giving it away they're just giving it away for free at the polls for voting I I don't know if it's a regional thing should I be talking about this maybe it was like Maybe she, maybe they were, they just liked me and they were doing me a favor. Maybe this was a bribe. What if this was a bribe? I don't know. I don't know. But it's it's a life changing pen, and I can guarantee you, guarantee you that I will uh, permanently damage the, my the, the screen of my iPad by not clicking this and trying to stylus it. This is begging for a disaster. <laughs> this is me reaching for this thing and just scraping across. Writing, writing a, signing my name or dragging and dropping a big old, big old pointy pen scar right through the tip of my iPad screen. Anyway, thank you, uh, whoever. <laughs> I don't know who to thank for this. <laughs> who does, who does the voting? The government? Who's? I know that there were volunteers there. Whoever was volunteering there, whoever gave me the pen, who, whoever out there got this pen into my hands. Thank you very much, and I appreciate it. I want to talk about this dumb shit I saw on Facebook. <laughs> that should be a segment every week. It's just, I want to talk about this dumb shit I saw on Facebook. I, it, it made me laugh. I, I don't want to... Ugh, I don't want to be a, a, a Debbie Downer or whatever, but this was some, like, Blue Lives Matter uh, a post. And, you know, the country is begging for real change in the institution of policing and trying to change the system that is setting uh, the civilians uh, up for failure as well as the, poli- the police and the people who are trying to, uh, who should be serving and protecting, it's setting them up for failure as well. So, you know, the country is begging for police reform. Uh, if you're the kind of person who's supporting the system instead of the citizens, it's set up to protect. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't really have time for you. But if, if, you know, if you have family that are in their good cops and you know, you're in a community where you have a good relationship with the police. I understand you wanted to show support for the people you know and those personal relationships and your family. You know, there's there, there's individuals in this, you know? Don't want to lump everybody in one in one basket. I like the term... Everyone's been using the term uh, bad apples. Like, oh yeah, there's just a few bad apples as if to say, like, oh, we don't need to look into this anymore. Have you ever bought... A bad apple. First off, you don't buy one apple. I buy a bushel or a bad... I don't know I don't know how many is in a bushel, but it sounds right. Whatever, you know. You buy bananas in the bunch, apples in the bushel. And I buy a bushel of apples, and I bring them home. And if I have a bad apple, I don't just throw it away and hope the rest are good. I investigate those apples. I do a little dig through. I'm touching all of them. I'm looking around. I'm poking the surfaces doing a little tension test with the surface of that of that sweet apple skin. <laughs> I'm launching a full investigation. I'm going through the bag. Is it my fault? Did I store the apples incorrectly? No, and if and if these are fresh apples from the store, I'm next time I go out apple buying, I'm lodging a complaint. I'm letting them know, "Hey, hey, your apples are fucked." Hey, Carl, my apple guy, uh 
Carl, your apples were gross last time. Fix it, or I'm going across the, the way to Steven's Apple Emporium. And because I know he knows he knows how to treat his customers. All right, Carl. <laughs> There's an investigation. Anyway, there are I I I I get it. You support your friends and your family and love everybody, but I just I just saw this post and it was the dumbest shit. It was one of these where you know, it's one of those things where you copy and you paste and you insert your city or whatever. So this is I live in uh, wherever this is from. And the statement is, uh, you know, if you're a law enforcement officer and you need a break, you can come park outside my home. If you are thirsty, I will bring you a drink. If you are hungry, I will fix you food. If you are hot, I will invite you inside to cool off. Very reasonable. That's nice. Uh, sure. You're trying to support these people. The part that got me uh, going on this on this post was the next line. Uh, which sounded insane to me, is, uh, you know, I'll cool you off. You can come inside. The next line, if you need additional ammo, just ask. What the fuck are these people talking about? (laughs) If you're a cop and you need additional ammo, just swing by my house. I'll drop some in the back of your car. You don't even have to get out. And you guys can head off. Is that legal? Can you just give ammo to people? I feel like I would call the cops on someone if I saw them swinging by a house, picking up ammo, and heading out into the night. That's crazy to me. If you need ammo, come by. This is implying that police officers would run out of ammo. Do you know how hard it is for a cop to run out of ammo? Have you seen a cop's, like, belt before? They've got a gun. They've got, like, two clips in it. So we're talking about a cop emptying two, three clips into something. They have a partner. Who knows what's in the in the car? Do they have more ammo in the car? Probably. You'd assume if they if they're following the scout motto of being prepared, they've got more ammo in the car. So these cops unload clips in something. His partner unloads a bunch of clips in something. They they use whatever ammo's in the car, and they're like, "Fuck, we got to get more. We can't go back to the police station because that thing's compromised." Uh, we need a place to lay low that we can rearm ourselves. This guy's basically saying, you know, in case of Rush Hour 4 or some other action movie, in that situation, you know, I can be your Clint Eastwood character who shelters you from the relentless mob hunting you down while you reload, fortify the windows, and prepare to fight your way out later. You know, this is a joke. This is a joke. The hubris of offering police officers ammo. It's not even a political statement. These are these are professionals. If anything, the protesting now is that they have too many bullets. They've got too much stuff. There's there's police police guys with machine guns and tanks in just some small ass towns in the middle of fucking nowhere. And this guy is like And these people on Facebook are like, if you need ammo. Come by. I gotcha. It's like picking up a pie. I thought that was ridiculous. It's crazy. It's crazy. But then I, I took a screenshot. As you do with these things. I took a screenshot. I highlighted the funny line. And I sent it to some friends. And they immediately were like, uh, yeah, that's crazy. But also, uh, you completely ignored the next line. Which is, <laughs> if you need additional ammo, just ask. The next line is, if you need backup, I will stand with you. Like, this person is now. <laughs> offering to be backup for the police officers <laughs> if you need backup i've got you can you imagine in a standoff with some robbers in a bank they've got hostages and the pol- and the chief of police is like what do we do and someone's like cap like chief chief 
Should I get the hostage negotiator? And the chief goes, no. Get me that guy from Facebook. <laughs> we need we need Kyle down here stat. We need someone with absolutely zero training who just threw his hand up on the Facebook. God. <laughs> oh, whatever. Stupid. People are stupid. I post dumb shit. This is... This is dumb. It's hubris. Love posting macho shit on Facebook. Just just post. You have a big dick instead. Just be like... I... That dick is huge. That's a great... Can you hear me clicking? I'm working on that too. Okay, so I... Um, got a lot of good voicemails this week. That's very exciting. Uh, again, before we get to birds, still so much going on. I got an email uh, from my bud, Stephen Hill. Excuse me. I don't know what it is about this podcast that makes me want to burp. Anyway, Stephen Hill wrote me, uh, <laughs> long-time follower, very sweet. Glad to see your thoughts will be recorded forever in history on the podcast. Love the first episode. Love you, Stephen Hill. My favorite Hill. You're the man. Uh, I need your take on French fry type rankings listed in no particular order. How would you rank using a one to six scale? There's six options here for these French fry types. One being the best cut and six being people who choose these willingly are serial killers. And I got to tell you, Steve, this is a harsh scale that you have. <laughs> the first one is just a good fry. And the sixth one is uh, locking up the people who pick it. I'd say that the uh, it's a little lopsided. Uh, he ends with, I'm a strong believer that there is no right answer other than what number six is. So he has a strong opinion on what the worst fry is, but uh, not what the best fry is. Anyway, here's the list. Standard. Crinkle, steak, waffle, string, wedge. Wow. Great list, Steve. Great list. Great list. Oh, wait. Huge omission. Huge omission, Steve. What about Curly, Steve? What about Curly? You put a French fry list together? Didn't even have Curly on there. Crazy. I appreciate the email. I love it. Please continue to send things to the show. But Curly, Stephen Hill. Curly. Curly fry may be number one for me. Maybe the maybe the best. I mean, it's in the running. It has to be in the running for best fry. Also, I just associate it with Arby's, which just... I don't know, just brings good memories to me. I don't know <laughs> what it is about Arby's. I don't know, but uh, but curly fries, incredible. There's just, I like crunch, okay? You got it. there's, we're spanning the gamut with all these different French fries, right? But a curly fry, all those tight loops, lots of, lots of room to get crispy. They're normally pretty thin, lots of crunch. It's just, it's a good time. And they hold sauce well. That's important to me. French fries for me, I got to tell you, the primarily the primary source of a French fry for me is to get sauce into my body. They're little sauce shovel, shovels, little sauce shovels. Say that five times fast. French fries are little sauce shovels where I can, uh, you know, try and get as much honey mustard or uh, ketchup or I don't know, like an aioli sauce. Let's get a, some Chick Fil A sauce, whatever, right into the gut gullet. Standard fries, great. They're standard. They're the Mario Kart. They're the Mario of... <laughs> the Mario in Mario Kart of French fries. Right down the middle. You know, you got a good weight. You got a good good speed. Good health stats. I don't know. They're the base character. 
Standard fries, you can't go wrong with standard fries. And also, you know, when we're talking standard fries, that's where you have the most fun. You go to a restaurant and they're putting like garlic whatever on there or they're using truffle oil. It's also the standard fries, okay? So standard is the baseline and we're, we're having a lot of fun with that. I think there's some variation within standard fries, but uh, still still up there. Crinkle fries, I, I don't think I've ever been to a place that served crinkle fries before. Am I crazy? Let me know. I... I only associate crinkle fries with a frozen bag of french fries that's in the back of my freezer for about a year until I get so drunk and hungry that I can't work my Grubhub app and I just decide to make some bagel bites and frozen crinkle fries and they are they taste good in that moment but tell you what sober bagel bites is a uh, rough story a rough story and same with crinkle fries i they're good they're good they're great at holding sauce all those little crinkles you can just do a little dunk pull it out you got ketchup all over those things i mean they're they're good they're they're good i mean there's no they're all fries they're all they're all tasty steak fries i i do love a steak fry man it's a completely different vibe from the others it's like a it's it's like a chunk of potato. It's not a wedge. Let's all get to wedges. No, we'll get to wedges now. Steak fries and wedges seem very similar, right? But if you if you go to a restaurant and you order if you want ask if they have fries, they'll say like, "Yes, we have steak fries." Or they'll say, "No, but we have potato wedges." <laughs> Is that it's, a potato wedge? Doesn't feel like a fry to me. It feels like it's a piece of it's like a, it's like a hunk of potato. It's a wedge. If it was a fry, it'd be a steak fry. But a potato wedge is like I don't know. You could load those up, right? Aren't potato wedges like an appetizer? Can't you like load put put stuff in it? Or is that potato skin? I don't know. Wedges just seem like wedges seem like another animal. Wedges seem like a like an app. Wedges are an app as opposed to a fry. I think I. I don't know, but steak fries, steak and potatoes, always good together. If you get like a big thick burger or something like that, and you get some steak fries, I'm I'm with it. That that bangs too. Waffle fries, wow, I love waffle fries. Waffle fries are so good, so good, and it's and it's by far the best French fry for collecting sauce. Okay, honey mustard, Chick Fil A sauce. Oh my god, Chick Fil A French fries, wow. I just love to like compress a whole. I love to get a whole French fry inside one of those tiny little Chick Fil A <laughs> little plastic things. Just see if I can get a whole French fry into it, and then pull it out, which is like covered in Chick Fil A. I mean, it's great. It's just a great waffle fries are a great time. I, it's hard to complain about waffle fries and the string fry. Classic. Maybe it's not classic. It's fun. I love it. It's I love a string fry. I lo- I love a string fry. You can put them on stuff. They're kind of a pain in the ass to eat, but. You know, because you're doing like it's it's you can't pinch the same way because it's like a blob of string stuff. But I just want to put them on things. String fries are great, man. String fries are great. Maximum curliness. I'm okay. My list. I'm going <sighs> waffle one. Standard two. Uh, steak three. String four. Crinkle five, wedge six. Is that fair, Steve? Let me know. What's your six? If somebody, if you want to tweet at me with your French fry rankings, let me know. Come at me, show. 
Um, I, and I will say now this, I'm, I'm an onion ring guy too. I love if we're, if we're out at a place and the choice is ordering onion rings or French fries, I'm getting some rings, man. I fucking love onion rings, but you're, if you have never been to a place before and you're ordering the onion rings, you are rolling the fucking dice. You don't know what you're going to get from that kitchen, man. Onion rings come in all shapes and sizes. You could be getting these weird little calamari looking things like that were in a frozen bag. If it's like beer battered, then you've, if it says beer battered fries on the menu, like that's a good, then you've got a shot. I want a big, crispy, I want a crispy, crunchy onion ring. And I like the kind of onion ring where there's like a real fucking onion on the inside. And if you take a bite and you mess up, then you could accidentally pull the entire onion out of the <laughs> out of the rest of the ring and just leave a hollow crispy shell without an onion in it. I like that. I like food that takes some skill, all right? It's why I'm an ice cream cone guy. I don't want to get too too derailed, but ice cream cone, I love an I love a challenge. I love a food where you're eating and there's a task. Ice cream cone, you got to be constantly working it so you don't it doesn't melt everywhere, so it doesn't spill everywhere. It's like those like craw like a crawfish boil or like a seafood boil or like crab or shrimp or something where you have to like work with your hands the whole time. It's a task. Korean barbecue. Oh, I love a job. And I know onion rings aren't really the same as like those things. They're more active participation, but I I like the thrill of biting into an onion ring. <laughs> And having to get, and you gotta get all the way through, or you could derail this whole operation, man. You don't want just crisp, and you don't want just onion. You want them to stay the same, but you want the thrill. I want to be flirting with disaster this whole time. Flirting with disaster. Molly Hatchet. Hey, Tim, this is Marta calling. Um, I know you're talking about birds this week. And yes, we gosh, are. That's just like one of my favorite topics. Um, I actually find the, the common New York City pigeon... Uh, very sincerely to be like a really beautiful animal and like I don't get why people see them as like I've heard them called the rats of the sky and I think that's like really offensive because um, I just I don't know I just think they're like really nice and they're like uh, you know they live in a community and I just think that we as New Yorkers like you know should make you know our city more hospitable for our flying friends nope. um, so just like really love pigeons and I have a suspicion that you do too and just I wanted don't. to kind of give you a prompt to talk about how much you love pigeons here on your show. Um, so yeah, thanks. Uh, I'm Marta. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you, Marta, for calling with your dumb ass opinion. Pigeons are rats with wings. Pigeons are trash. I hate pigeons. I yeah. Birds are great. I I don't want to start off this this bird centered pod by complaining about birds. Birds are birds rock, man. I love birds. I love the fact that we're all like down here with our opposable thumbs, like, look at us, we're gripping stuff, we're holding things, and birds are like, fuck thumbs, wings, motherfucker, and they're just flying around with their hollow, hollow bones and their you know, super sharp eyes and their talons just eating rats and shit. I love it. I love it. Those are real birds, man. Pigeons. What are they they're like trash? They're like sad seagulls. That's what pigeons are. They're just <laughs> dirty city seagulls. <laughs> like seagulls are on the beach, man. Seagulls are small town, surf town. Be- seagulls are down for a good time. They're eating your trash, but they're just like they're happy, man. They're 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 happy to be there. Pigeons, dumb, dirty, trashy. I I gotta be. I I 
pigeons are all right, but I I blame the people. I hate pigeons because I hate the people who feed them. It's bad. We should not be feeding these birds. We should not be feeding them anything. I'm I'm very anti animal feeding when it comes to dangerous animals, right? In Florida growing up, there are signs places that say don't feed the alligators. Don't feed the alligators. You think you wouldn't have to tell people that. But people do. People feed the alligators. And I've seen people feed alligators. And there's like these little like gator parks you can go to where they actually feed alligators and they're all in a pit. And it's crazy and it's cool and it's neat to see and gators are awesome. But you don't want to teach gators to to associate human beings with food. That's how dogs get eaten. That's how kids get eaten. You don't want them to be associating us with a nice nice little chicken while you take your little chicken-sized dog for a walk by the same lake you've been throwing meat into for these gators? It's a problem. Pigeons in this city outnumber us about a billion to one. A billion to one. There's so many pigeons here, you could swing a stick and knock 30 of them out of the sky. I'm telling you, these pigeons are all over the place. And if they ever got, if they were smarter, if they ever thought we all had bread on us or whatever it is that pigeons eat, If they all thought we had seed, they'd all come for us, and we'd be screwed, man. We'd be fucked if these birds turned on us. The pigeons? Holy crap. They'd be pecking out our eyes, clawing us and stuff. You wouldn't be able to go outside. You think COVID's bad? Try pigeon attack, man. These pigeons start coming for us. You're going to be like, oh, you're like, oh, now Tim's Tim's crazy. Tim's talking crazy. When the pigeons come for you, you will not be thinking that. (laughs) I wish we'd listened to Tim. People are obsessed with the pigeons in New York, man. There's some there's some crazies out there who are like feeding pigeons, and the pigeons come and they shit everywhere, and there people are feeding them outside of like restaurants and stuff where people are eating. It's gross. It's a hazard. You're encouraging pigeons into an area that they na- that they don't wouldn't go normally. You're putting them in situations that cause conflict with humans, and it's bad. And you're bad. And you're a monster. <laughs> Thank you, Marta, for the call. I love you. Uh, hey, I heard you were talking about the birds. Uh, I just wanted to say that, that that Alfred Hitchcock guy is freaking bonkers, dude. Did you know that he tied a live bird to one of his actresses? A live bird to one of his actresses? She, her eyes were getting poked out. It was crazy. Anyway, man, that dude's about to get canceled. I'll catch you later. <laughs> Thank you. Alfred Hitchcock, crazy. I've had this guy's number since day one. Cancel Alfred Hitchcock. In fact, on this show, come at me show, Alfred Hitchcock, you canceled. I, I, I love a crazy artist. We worship the crazy artist, man. As a society, everybody wants this, like, insane person portraying a comic book character like the Joker to be like, like, I don't know, cutting himself in a trailer somewhere or sending dead dead animals to their their castmates or losing an insane amount of weight. We love that shit, man, but it's horrifying. Heath Ledger Joker thing. Sounds like he died, maybe he was depressed by the by the the psychological toll of going into this character. Maybe that's I don't know that's what I thought happened. I could be wrong. Also the overdose on drugs, that probably had something to do with it. But actor actors laying out Laying their bodies on the line. There's something something powerful about it. Something we respect about an actor going all out, going method, really getting into it. Hurting themselves, causing themselves pain for the role. Now directors, 
don't get to do that, man. Directors are not, their bodies are not on the line for the shooting. No one's, <laughs> Steven Spielberg isn't like on rollerblades being pulled behind a car in order to get the best shot possible. You know, I mean, some directors do that, but these, Alfred Hitchcock was not like, <laughs> you know, running alongside a train to catch these shots. Directors, directors, it's hard to be a heroic asshole director, I think. Alfred Hitchcock, I looked this up. He he did. He, in this final scene in Birds, which I, I haven't seen, but it, it foreshadows all of the pigeon shit that I was talking about earlier. When the pigeons come, it'll be just like Birds, this movie I have not seen. Apparently there's this, like, final scene where this, the lead actress is in a in a in her bedroom and the birds come and they filmed for days. And when they got on set... I guess the whole time they've been using like fake birds, mechanical birds, and Alfred Hitchcock goes, sorry, we're all out. The mechanical birds aren't working. And she shows up and there's these cages just filled with real birds. And so the last like couple days of shooting are her. I, I heard they, the birds were tied to her, which like birds don't want to be tied to a person. They're going crazy. They're pecking her. They're scratching her, leaving like real scars on her body. I heard the cast and crew were throwing angry birds at her. Not like that awesome, uh, not like the app where you launch different kinds of birds at different blocks. Depending on the bird, you get a different effect with the blocks. No, this was a, uh, <laughs> a woman, an actress, in a scene having angry live birds thrown at her by the cast and crew. And people say Alfred Hitchcock's a genius. Maybe he's just an asshole. Maybe he's just a dick. Hey Tim, your old buddy Bryce Wallace from Satellite High yeah. School here. Bryce Wallace. Um, stoked about your new podcast, my man. Uh, hope you haven't rec- recorded the birds episode yet. I have not. I'm doing it now. Haven't. Uh, I just like to say people need to stop writing poems about birds, man. <laughs> I run a poetry magazine, well, a literary magazine, and just people think like we want more poems about birds. Like, it's been done. Just stop <laughs> writing fucking bird poems. Stop writing poems about nests and eggs and bird babies. Stop <laughs> it. No one cares. Like, yeah, birds are cool. I get it. But we don't need any more bird poems. And that's my take on birds. And I hope you're doing well, my man. Uh, you know, I've, I've tried to keep track of you on Facebook, and it seems like you're doing well. And uh, it's always good to see old friends doing well, man. Stoked about the new podcast. Uh, looking forward to listening every week. And uh, take care, my dude. Bye. Yes, my dude, Bryce Wallace, coming in off the top rope with a hot bird take. Thank you, Bryce. You're the man. Bird poems out. Let's get rid of these bird poems. I didn't realize it was a problem. I guess I'm not, I'm not as, as cultured as Bryce is. I don't know enough about poetry in general. But birds, it makes sense. It tracks. Everyone's going to be writing about birds. There's so much... There's so much to love, metaphorically, about a bird. Uh, they fly. There's an egg. Eggs are symbolic of bullshit, right? The Easter Bunny, he lays eggs. What's that about? Metaphors, growth, uh, springtime, I don't know. Birds, they could fly. They travel far. They're travelers. They're drifters. They show up one year. They arrive in a next. There's this, there's this storytelling aspect to their lives. You see a bird, it's gone. You see another bird, your life has changed. 
every season you see the same bird and now your kid's a little older and now he's walking and the same bird comes back they lay a nest you see their egg th- this this embodiment of life i don't know i'm getting caught up in it I, I, birds are great but it's all been done before bird poems i don't know what are other common i don't know that much about poetry what are other common poetry m- topics stars i bet suns i bet the sky is just People always writing about the sky and the moon and how the moon makes them feel. Flowers, I bet. A similar thing with birds. There's a seed, like an egg. It grows. It becomes something else. Struggle. Strife. There's some... <laughs> the strife of the of the flower. I don't know. What do I want to... What do I want from my poetry? I don't know anything about... I'm bad with poetry. I'm bad with art. I don't know anything about art. Art, art next week... Next week's topic is art. Send me your calls. Send me your emails. Leave me a voicemail. Give me your hottest takes on art. Educate me. I'm dumb at art. Common. Um, what do I want to see? What do I want to see in a poem? Uh, I want to see a struggle. I want a slice of life. I want a slice of life thing. Let me see. I I like um, I like the idea of capturing a feeling. Or capturing a moment. That's always exciting in, in any art. I want that in my pictures. I want that in my stories. I want that in my movies. I want that in my stand-up. I want that in my comedy. Is somebody capturing a moment and a feeling so that when you see it, it resonates with you? And that's the that's the powerful shit, man. You could say something funny, and that's cool. Funny's great. I love comedy. I'm not going to be attacking comedy. But the best comedy to me is the kind where you laugh, but part of you is also laughing because it's recognition. You are recognizing what they're saying, and some part of it is resonating with you. And I think all art can do that. Maybe that's the difference between art and crap. It's just whether or not it resonates with anything. Whether or not it's got anything to say. Let's see. I, I There's all these poems on the subway in New York. Uh... Some of them are great. I found this one that I that I fucking loved. I don't know what it is exactly about this poem that I love. Maybe it's this moment thing. But it's this guy, Jim Moore, Love and Ruins. Have you heard this one, Bryce? I remember my mother towards the end, folding the tablecloth after dinner so carefully, as if it were the flag of a country that no longer existed, but once had ruled the world. Damn! Damn, that's some good poems, man. <laughs> that's a good fucking poem. That's a great poem. This guy's got so many more of these. Oh, here's one about birds. Here's one about birds. I vow to write five poems today. Look down and see a crow rising into thick snow on Fifth Avenue, as if pulled by invisible strings, and already there is only one to go. Whoa! Poems, man! (laughs) That's that shit, dude. That's the shit. I want some fucking art, man. Hit me with that art. I saw that poem in a sub. Why was that poem in the subway, man? I don't know, but it's rad, and it's good, and I'm still talking about it. Birds, man, I'm about to blow your mind on some high-level stuff. <laughs> Birds aren't real, period. It's a conspiracy. They're really CIA drones that spy on us. Why do you think they sit on power lines, man? They're recharging. Why do you think there is this, quote, pandemic that we all have to stay?
stay indoors. It's so the CIA can go out and replace the batteries and put new drones out there. Open your eyes, man. Open your eyes. <laughs> I love it. I like it. I think that, I mean, that's a real thing online. I think it's a made-up thing, but it's, it's it exists. Birds aren't real. Pretty sure there's like a birdsaren'treal.com. I feel like the auto, that's my phone notifying me that my I need to take my Duolingo lesson. <laughs> I'm trying to learn Spanish. It's not going well. No habla espanol. Uh, por favor. Uh, I... <laughs> this is a fun conspiracy, man. I, I like a good conspiracy. Conspiracies are fun. This one's crazy. I, I think the craziest part of this for me, right, the theory about this bird thing is that about in the 70s, uh, the CIA murdered all the birds, killed all of the birds, uh, maybe in the world, in the United States at least, and replaced them with robot birds that that surveil us. And uh, that's fun. That's a, that's a fun theory. I my, my biggest problem with this theory and why it can't possibly work is I don't think we possess the technology to create really lifelike birds. Oof, excuse me. Also, have you ever seen, like, a dead bird? <laughs> there's, like, no... There's no, uh... Cameras in them. There's no... Or, or, I mean, I don't know. I guess I haven't played around with enough dead birds, but there's... I don't know. I feel like I know people who have. Or you see them on TV, like, in hunting shows and stuff. What if that's part of the conspiracy? Oh, man, how deep does this thing go? I think for sure, for sure, our government is capable of just killing all the birds. <laughs> that's, I think that's something they could do. I think that's something they could do. They've, like, you know, dropped shit on us before. They could drop some weird gas that just, just affects the birds. You know, that's for sure. I just don't know about this this bird surveillance thing. That's interesting. That's interesting. But, I mean, is birds the best way to do this? Right? There aren't birds inside of buildings. What's the what's the peak benefit of this? Is that you can surveil people when they're outside. Are birds... I'm, I'm looking outside now. I don't see any birds. There's no birds watching this podcast. I mean, I guess they have... I have a Google Home in here that's probably doing as good a job as any bird would do in spying on me. But, uh, yeah, I don't need it. They don't need it yet. I'm not, I'm not seeing any birds. They're not getting you inside. Maybe it's these home things. Man, I'm going to spiral into this, man. I'm going to be looking into this bird conspiracy thing. I My thing with conspiracies is who benefits from these conspiracies, right? Flat earthers, for example. Crazy people. These are lunatics, you know, because... Because these people are like, oh, the earth is flat and people are covering it up. The earth's really flat and the government's telling us it's round. But why would they do that? Who cares if the earth is flat? (laughs) I don't think it is. I mean, everything we've seen indicates that the earth is round. Everything I've seen in my life indicates the earth is round. I, I don't think it is flat. But if it was flat, what would the big deal be? How is that a problem? Why would you cover that up? What's the downside to the earth being flat if it was flat? Nothing. There's nothing. There's no bit. There's no reason to lie about something like that. It's crazy. It's crazy. Even the bird conspiracy, somebody benefits from. The flat earth conspiracy, what do we get? Is there flat earth gold out there somewhere? Is the flat earth, is the, is it an Illuminati? I don't, I don't know. Who, who benefits from the flat earth cover up? Those people are stupid. And with that brings us to this week's Tim Keck's top five. Wow. 
Wow, it drops coming. I'm working on it. It's happening. Tim Keck's top five. This week, I'm going through my best birds. Yes, yes. Tim Keck's top five best birds. Number five, and I'll warn you, heads up, that two of these birds on this list are nostalgia birds. All right? These are nostalgia birds. Hitting it off with number five, the bird that started it all last week, Pelicans, man. Pelicans are awesome, dude. They have their own NBA team. Name another bird, the Hawks. There are other teams that... (laughs) Okay, so there's there's another bird with an NBA team, but the Pelicans are a bird that has a... They also have an NBA team. That's pretty cool. They've got these weird neck pouches. They just dive bomb. They catch fish. They're at the beach a lot or at piers. They're just chill, man. They seem like a good time. They dive in the water. They catch fish. I'm all about a pelican, man. Pelicans seem rad. Number four, Nostalgia Bird. Uh, Number four is Big Bird. Yeah, motherfucker taught me how to read. I would die for that big yellow monster. I fucking love Big Bird, man. I had a little Big Bird cassette player when I was a kid and you would put a cassette into Big Bird's butt and then his mouth would move probably not with the words but when you're a kid you can't tell and and the Big Bird would talk to me uh, about uh, <laughs> I guess he would just talk Raffy songs to me I had a lot of Raffy Big Bird would just be mouthing the words to Baby Beluga and uh, I would rock out and I and I love that thing man Big Bird's Big Bird's the shit man <laughs> I don't know what kind of a bird he is. He's a big yellow guy. And he's the baddest. He's the baddest bird on Sesame Street for sure. He's the baddest thing on Sesame Street. Yeah, the Snuffleupagus. <laughs> Snuffleupagus is big, but he's small for what he is. He's like an elephant. The Snuffleupagus, right? The Snuffleupagus, isn't that the big? That's the elephant thing. He's about the size of Big Bird. But that's small for a, for an elephant. He's a tiny little elephant. Big Bird is big. Big for a bird. So he's got big bird attitude. Snuffleupagus, he's got this Napoleon complex thing. Snuffleupagus, if you get in a fight and you're picking Big Bird or the Snuffleupagus, man, I'm rolling with the bird every day. And we are, we're, we're beating up the Count and Grouch or whoever, whoever they brought. And then we're coming for the Snuffleupagus, man. We're putting the Snuffleupagus down. Gonna sell his tusks on the black market. Number three on Tim Keck's best birds. Red-tailed hawk, okay? Another nostalgia bird. Red-tailed hawk, what do you think? I think animorphs. Did you guys read animorphs? I loved animorphs. The basic premise is that these kids uh, come in contact with an alien who has a magic cube that if you touch it, you uh, get the ability to turn into any animal that you touch. That you have to, you have to touch the animal, get its DNA, and then you can turn into that animal for up to two hours. And if you stay in that animal form for longer than two hours, you get stuck as that animal. In the first book, book one, they laid out the law, and then they show us the consequences. Tobias, man, God, fucking Tobias, dude. He he morphed a, a red tail hawk, and he stayed in more for too long and he got stuck there he got stuck as a red tail hawk and um i just think about him sometimes and then he couldn't morph into anything else for a long time he was just stuck as a bird which is kind of cool but it's not even i mean red-tailed hawks i don't think they're special birds they're not like bald eagles or pregrin falcons another animorph special 
But Peregrine Falcons are cool on their own, man. They got a lot going on. They dive super fast. There's a bunch of them in New York City just hunting these pigeons that I hate. Peregrine Falcons, awesome. But they lack the nostalgia of a red-tailed... Anytime I hear or see or read about a red-tailed talk, I'm like, Tobias, man. Hope he's doing okay. <laughs> Number two, ducks. Ducks, man! They can go underwater. They're fucking awesome. They're great on TikTok. <laughs> penguins, penguins can go in the water, but they can't fly. Ducks are better penguins. Plus, if you want to see a duck, you don't have to freeze your ass off, right? Penguins are up there walking around, being all cold all the time. Ducks are like, fuck that. Water for us. We're going to be by lakes. And you know what? We can fend for ourselves, but we can also enjoy some nice bread. And I know what you're saying, Tim. You're a huge hypocrite, right? You wouldn't let people feed the pigeons, but you're okay with feeding ducks? It's like, what is this duck going to do? Quack me to death? There's only like a few of them. Pigeons outnumber us a million to one. Ducks outnumber us like ten to one. Whatever. They've got these kind of soft-looking beaks. I'm not afraid of a duck. Ducks seem chill, man. Duck can't peck your eyes out. It's just gonna, just gonna kind of like mush on your, <laughs> mush on your arm for a minute. Kind of like a gumless, like a like a grandma without her dentures. That's what a duck's. That's what a duck bite feels like. <laughs> if you're, if a grandmother bit you without her dentures, that's what a duck a duck bite would feel like. Some ducks I also found out sleep with one eye open to watch out for predators. <laughs> There's nothing else. There's no other information on that. I just Google duck facts. Owls are number one. Number one, owls. Awesome. Night vision. They are. They master the night. The way every other bird has to compete for the daytime, owls own the night. They can turn their heads around in a complete, complete circle or pretty much a whole circle. Some of them are huge. Some of them like hunt like bigger animals, man. There's some gigantic ass owls out there, dude. And they're wise. Owls know stuff. They know things, man. They're smart. They don't, they, if, if they would wear glasses if they needed them, man. <laughs> if owl vision wasn't so good, they'd all be wearing glasses. That's how smart they are. If an, if an owl and a hawk are applying for the same job, that owl's fucking getting the job. That's how good they are. They know how many, how many licks it takes to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll Pop. That's important. They make great potato chips. And uh, owl pellets, man. You ever dissected an owl pellet? No? You weren't in my elementary school class? Owl pellets are crazy, dude. They just hack up. Owls eat like whole rats. Or they'll catch a squirrel and they'll just eat it whole. And then they cough up a fur ball, basically. And it's just a, an owl pellet. And it's got all like the hair and the bones and all the things it couldn't digest. And it just coughs it up in a big ball, man. And I got to dissect one of these. And we actually like built the mouse. Like took out all the bones and had the mouse that it ate. And like rebuilt the mouse on like a piece of paper. And it was crazy, dude. That was art. Topic for next week. And that, my friends, is Tim Keck's top five best birds wow we did it number five pelicans number four big bird number three red tail talks number two ducks uh number one owls wow was this a long episode i'm parched i'm exhausted i've got to go lie down uh next week's topic is art whatever that means to you educate me send me your art takes do whatever you can again the phone number is voicemail again the phone number for my voicemail is 862 505 1376. That's 862 505 
7-6. Email the show at comeatmeshow at gmail.com or hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. All my social is at comeatmeshow. Thank you very much for listening. Rate and review wherever you're listening. Spread the word. The more, the merrier. And the king stays king. Bye.